Hi, welcome to Twin Peaks, population 5,120. We're the Log Ladies. I'm Alicia. And this is Jane. Today we are recording from the dry cleaners. Um, There's a lovely lady here who doesn't speak English and, well... She's probably tried to kick us out a few times, but... It's okay. We know a couple words. She's from Budapest, and we know a couple words. We got yeah, Baba Ganoush. We're fine. We got... I think that's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> that's one word. Yeah. That's one that's word. That's one word. And none of our clothes resemble anything near Baba, Baba Ganoush. So maybe we should leave. <laughs> I feel like we're torturing her. <laughs> no, we're fine. It will be quick. Today we're reviewing uh, Season 2, Episode 15, Slaves and Masters. This episode was directed by Diane Keaton. Is that crazy? That's crazy. And I actually knew this before we started recording this time. Because <laughs> I saw it pop up when I was watching the episode and I just like could not see that. <laughs> I <Like>, what? <laughs> did not know that before. I, I did some message board reviewing today. From, you know, 1990 when the show first came out. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people were referring to Keaton. And they're like, yeah, the director, Keaton, blah, 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 blah. And they're just like referring to him. And I was like, oh, that's so weird. The only only Keaton I know is Diane Keaton. But I didn't think it was her. And then I looked on IMDb and I was like, no way. I can't believe she she was the one who directed it. I know. It seems really just kind of random. It's a really, yeah, it's a really random choice. I don't get it at all. Because she doesn't really have... Any background that I feel like would make her connected to Twin Peaks. And she just doesn't seem like dark and yeah odd the way that David Lynch does. But I don't know. Like I almost wish because after finding that out, we looked up some stuff about it. And I almost wish that she was such a big. Well, I don't know that there was more of a reason why she was brought on. But it just seems to be like she was trying to get in directing at the time and television was hiring people that were new to directing. And she just like did it and she didn't have any contact with David Lynch. Apparently he just kind of was like, well, like do whatever you want. Yeah. I don't know. It's so odd. I know. Yeah. Um, And it was written by Harley Payton and Robert, Robert Ingalls. And the summary for this episode is Agent Cooper finds out who shot him and gets help with his deadly chess game against Wyndham Earl. Um, The Log Lady intro for this episode is a death mask. Is there a reason for a death mask? It is barely a physical resemblance. In death, the muscles so relax the face without any animated spark. A death mask is almost an intrusion on a beautiful memory. And yet we could throw away the casting of a loved who could throw away the casting of a loved one who would not want to study it longingly as the distance as the distance freight train blows its mournful tone hmm why is she just talking about a death mask i don't know no one died did anyone die in this no one died in this episode no the only thing that has to do with the mask is the mask that's found in cooper's hotel room at the end of the episode i didn't realize that was a death mask or and also the widows, the uh, oh, femme fatale's husband die dies, and then Malcolm dies. But I don't know. Wait, a bunch of people died. What's wrong with us? Yeah, <laughs> it took me a second to realize. Um, interesting. How did um, you feel about this episode overall? Um, it's okay. I mean, it's it's better, but I'm still not. I'm still not in it 
the way that I feel like I should be. I'm still not there. And maybe my expectations are so high at this point. But the way that people are talking about the ending or like the last few episodes of this season, I just, I don't feel like it's there yet. Yeah. So it's just like, okay. There are things that I care about and there are things that I don't care about still. Right. Yeah. How do you feel? I think I feel the same way. So I feel kind of like I'm not 100% in, but I do feel like Diane Keaton didn't do a terrible job directing, I thought. Uh There are things that I have, I took issue with, but I Mm -hmm. really think she tried to like capture the spirit of Twin Peaks and capture David Lynch's style. Like it felt more stylistically similar to me, this episode did, than the one before it, for sure. The one before it it was like totally horrible to me. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like each episode for the past few episodes have felt very different. Like, they really feel like they're directed by different people and that David Lynch is not involved at this point or something. Like, who knows what's really going on, but they feel – each episode feels different. And, yeah, this one, like, felt much more stylized. To me, there were were scenes in this episode that felt really different to me. Like, the scene of Ed and um, Norma in bed together felt really not David Lynch. But then Uh there were scenes – that felt really David Lynch and it felt like Twin Peaks like old you know good old Twin Peaks basically like the scene where Pete brings in the dry cleaning and it's like way too much for him to carry and there's this awkward like handover to Cooper yeah just like little things like that I was like oh wow they're kind of back they had a lot of little side conversations or like um scenes with Albert that I really enjoyed and I was like wow this feels like good old you know what I love about the show but still, so, like, that's sad that within these, like, the last several episodes, we're comparing it to how it used to be. You know, we're still yeah. we're still comparing it and we still, like, want those same feelings and, the, like, all of that. And, like, yeah, we're not – I have this expectation that we are going to get back to that before this season is over. I don't yeah. know if that's, like, setting the bar way too high. Like, if I'm trying to, like, relive something that you can't relive, or, you know, type of thing. <laughs> no, I think we will. I honestly think if we're talking about this episode isolated, I think I'm more there than you are, I think okay. it sounds like. I think I'm getting there. Um, yeah. I and I don't know. getting there, too. I'm really surprised that Diane Keaton is what is <laughs> bringing me closer. But <sighs> I did feel like I did. I enjoyed this episode. Like it was interesting to me. It wasn't. I wasn't super frustrated by a lot of scenes. Like I was last season, last yeah. episode. I felt a little bit more there. Yeah. Um, it was definitely yeah, better, but it, yeah, it wasn't. I'm still not. I'm still not there. Yeah. And we've like not been there and for so that. long. It feels like. Right? I know. <laughs> it feels like it's been it really so does. long. It really does. Um. I was excited for this episode, too, because on Netflix, the, like, preview image is Bobby and Shelly in the mayor's office, or in the sheriff's office getting Uh questioned. And I was like, yes, a storyline about Bobby and Shelly, but they get, like, maybe five minutes in this episode. I know. They barely have any time. It's, like, very small. But Bobby is pretty damn funny. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Such a brat. He was very Paul Rudd in uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Paul Rudd should be in the new Twin Peaks. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. 100%. And he should be somehow related to Bobby or something. That would be so funny. <sighs> oh my God. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> um. Yeah. So speaking of Bobby and Shelly, they they got a little bit of 
FaceTime in this episode. Basically, as we know, Leo attacked Shelly last episode. So Bobby and Shelly are in the sheriff's office kind of telling their story. The sheriff, which I'm surprised by. I really didn't expect this to happen. They're questioning Bobby and they're like, what were you doing at Shelly's house? Yeah. I was like, what? Why is that what they're asking? I know. I totally forgot that like not everyone knows, I guess, that they're together. That Shelly's still technically married to Bobby. I mean, to To Leo. Leo. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that too. Yeah, so they, like, question Bobby, and they don't, I mean, I think it's all, you know, kind of innocuous. They're not actually, they don't actually think that he, like, hurt anyone or he did anything wrong, it seems like. And they let them both go, and then they just say, you know, Shelly, we'll be, we'll make sure to watch over you or whatever. And Bobby's like, oh, great, I feel so safe now. He's such a baby, but he was really, he was really funny. Yeah, I I love this scene. And then the other thing we get is Shelly returns to the double R. Which I was oh, really happy that was about. so sweet. Such a sweet scene. Yeah, mm. her and Norma have like a little heart to heart. I mean, not a ton happens, but it was just very sweet. It was nice to see her back. Yeah, it I was. Feel, I've been feeling so bad for Shelly because she's just been locked up in her gross, like half done house <laughs> with her abusive, comatose old husband. <laughs> And her mean boyfriend, and now she's, like, out of the cycle at least yeah. a little bit. It's good. Yeah. And glad. Yeah. It, like, in in a way, it's amazing that Leo finally woke up and she's free of this big baby that she's been having to take care of. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Norma in this episode, we see Norma and Ed together. They're in bed together. Which I'm, I'm so happy to see Norma and Ed together. I really am. I really love them as a couple. I love them, like, both their characters. It's very satisfying for me to see them together. Um, I am too. But I, I wasn't a huge fan of their characters in this scene. Yeah, it, it felt a little different. Like, well, it was like a depression off. Like, they were, like, just talking about... They're, instead of being happy that they're together, uh-huh. they were just being, like... N- they're just talking about all the negative things that have happened while they were apart, which seems to odd to me. Hmm. I don't know. It was frustrating to me, I guess. Um, I want to see them happy. I want to finally see them happy. There are some nice moments, though. There mm. were, but they're just kind of like, I spent every Christmas. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I bought you a present, couldn't give it to you. And then I spent every Christmas turning every day into a Monday or something like that. Which <laughs> is so Oh, yeah, because she's like, I like worked so much so that I wouldn't have to think about it and yeah yeah and then um um during this conversation that they're having the other in bed Nadine comes home and so casually Ed's like well now's you know better time than any to tell her so weird and she just like <laughs> comes into the room and sits in bed with them almost kind of acting like it's her parents a little bit yeah. or something like there's absolutely yeah. no reaction right and she basically says like it's okay and she's fine with everything and then she says how she's like well you know i'm with like who's it mike she's with mike yeah she makes it seem like she's more with him than she actually is i know i'm like wait a second and ed is a little jealous yeah he's like mike yeah and then she's like i'd rather not talk about it yeah (laughs) like i get Um, what they were trying to do with that scene but i just i didn't totally work for me I agree. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think about the fact that she just, like, I mean, it sounds like we're on the same page. She just walks in and, like, washes away all of the conflict. She's just like, yeah. it's okay. I'm like, okay with everything. They don't even have to bring it up. She just was like. It's too easy. It was really it's, easy. It's, like, not real. 
Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, I like I can't picture her getting mad about that. And I can't picture her like, you know, like because if she was mad, she would probably accidentally hurt Norma. And I just can't see her doing that either. Me neither. I agree with you. I guess I'm just like, I don't know. I agree with you. I'm just like surprised that they would. It felt like a cop out, I guess. Yeah. Because that's like something that's like something that like we knew would be happening soon. Like, oh, how is this going to go down? And it just was. Like, yeah, like pretty flat. Yeah, it felt like a cop-out to me. If yeah. it, it should have been some sort of bigger scene instead of just, like, it's okay. It's yeah. like if you watched, like, a whole season of two parents talking about how they're going to get a divorce and, like, what about the kids? Like, what are we going to do? The kids are going to be so heartbroken. And at the end of the season, the kid just walks in and he's like, Mom, Dad, I know you're sad. It's okay. Yeah. It just feels like such a letdown because the whole reason that they weren't together is because they thought that it wouldn't be I know, okay with... the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And, so. like, it, it doesn't have to be this huge, dramatic, over-the-top thing, but I want, like, a little struggle or a little... Yeah. Just something, and it was it was just so easy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Mm. Yeah. A scene that I did like is the Audrey and Ben um progression i love this how did you feel about this um i liked it it was this is really different um like to see everyone like all happy and together and family like like we've never really seen that i know that's really funny that's true it was really sweet for these characters but at the same time it like kind of felt out of place i don't know it was nice but it was i was like a little torn but yeah I liked it. I think so. Basically, Ben has been, you know, completely insane. Another character that goes insane, just like Nadine, and he thinks that he's fighting the Civil War, and they decide that the only way to get him out of it is by letting him win the Civil War, basically. Um, And so they stage this whole thing. They put on costumes. Um, Jerry is like not totally all for it. He's like, why don't we just let him stay crazy? It'll be mm-hmm. fine. We'll just handle the business. And Audrey, she brings up the fact that she's in Ben's will. And if something goes, if he's incapable of handling the business, it basically goes to her. Yeah. So I'm surprised. That actually really surprised me that she's trying to help him so much, even though she yeah. knows that she could handle the whole business herself. I'm su- I'm kind of surprised, too, that she... She's a good person. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I think that's all it comes down to. Like, her dad probably wouldn't do this. No, no way. I don't know why I was a little bit surprised that she did that because, I mean, have we really seen... I guess we haven't really seen anything that would show that she's not a good person, but I don't know if we've had a lot of strong examples that she is a good person. I don't know. Right, we've seen her be conniving, but not necessarily... But it's not because she's, like, an evil person. Like, she, she knows how to manipulate people and get what she wants, but... Yeah, I agree with you. Hmm. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. But I, It just kind of reminded me. I was like, oh, yeah, she's not this, like, conniving yeah. business person that everyone else in Twin Peaks is. She's not Josie. She's not Catherine. She's not Ben. She's, like, a good person. Like, yeah. she's solid. She's a Cooper. She may she's seem like that on the surface a little bit, but the, when you go deeper, she's not at all. Yeah. Which I love. Um, I love it. Yeah. And so when she, I love that scene too, where she convinces Jerry and Jerry's like, it's fine. Let's just like, let's just let him stay loony or whatever. And she convinces him because she's like, you know, I'll have the whole business, Jerry. And then um, Jerry's like, what's happened to the man is a tragedy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <totally> right? <shit. laughs> 
Yeah. Um, and then we get so Bobby is in a little army outfit <laughs> playing the trumpet. This he's pretty thing. cute. He's still at one point. He comes in and he's like, "Sorry, I'm late. A couple of bikers tried to take my jacket." Yeah, I didn't I get like, what he what? said. That I was like, "What? Your jacket? Bikers? Yeah." <laughs> weird and he's still kind of he's still kind of flirting with audrey throughout this yeah it looked like he like almost kissed her when he came in yeah he like came and sat, sat behind her and then it looked like he was about to kiss her i was kind of surprised but yeah mm. i know um so they put on the skit ben wins the war and he comes he collapses and it seems like he comes out of the whole like crazy haze that he's been in and he's back to his old self. And he's like, why are you guys wearing these costumes? Yeah, he's like, I had the What's strangest dream that, like, I was, uh, like, in the Civil War and I won the Civil War. Yeah. And you were there and you were there and you were there. and Yeah. That's my favorite part of this whole thing is, like, you know, the dream trope of yeah. a, a crazy thing happening and then you have that the char- the main character in that crazy thing wake up and you realize oh it was all a dream it's how you get and then they say it, yeah. something like yeah they say something like and you were there and you were there and you were there but this time it's like the opposite like mm-hmm. they staged a dream for him and he thinks that this crazy thing didn't happen he's like it was just a dream like it's the, i like that they turned the whole thing yeah on its head it was of. a trick on him rather than a trick on the audience which it usually exactly is. I, yeah i really liked that yeah, I was like, oh, that's so interesting. And they use the like the whole and you were there and you were there and you were there is like a quote from the Wizard of Oz. I was Oz, just thinking that like the original. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they use the whole like trope quote, and I was like, oh, that's so amazing. I I don't know, I really like that. Yeah, I thought that was clever. It'll um, be interesting to see what happens now that he's back and if he's different because now you know it felt so family like and Audrey's but like there for him and her brother and it's just like. Yeah. They were all there for him, and it was such a nice moment. Everyone was, like, happy he was back, and he it was like he woke up from a really lovely dream, and, you know. Yeah. And he was, like, happy to see them. Like, it'll be interesting to see I know. how all the relationships are the same or different or what goes on. I'm, like, really curious about like, that storyline. I almost didn't even take that in that much, like, the happy family moment afterwards, because it felt like it was just a continuation of, like, that joke that they were playing. It felt like they were, like, oh, like, we... We did this funny joke where we turned it on its head. We're just going to, like, push it to the limit. Like, make everyone seem overly happy. Make big smiles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they're, like, overacting that. So I didn't even... You're right. It is interesting to see da- Audrey be like, Daddy, yeah. oh, my gosh, you're back. Like, so excited. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. I don't see that lasting. Me neither. What do you think? But... Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Um, but again, it's kind of like another cop out, right? Like, instead of actually explaining what the hell was happening and why he thought he was in the Silver War and why. Well, we kind of, like, we know why. I feel like it was kind of been explained over the last few episodes. Like, it's how he's, like, coping with everything that happened. Yeah, I guess. There's just a lot of characters going insane and then suddenly being normal again. Yeah, I guess he was, like, all of a sudden normal, like, very easily. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, so a new, ca- well, a character that's back in town is Albert. It's always nice to Yay! see him. It's so cute Love how him. him and Harry are like best friends now. And they had like such oh a great God. bear hug and how much they hated I, each other before. 
I loved that scene. Me too. It made me so happy. Oh my gosh. Um, and he comes in and he's like, in the words of, uh, oh my gosh, what's David Lynch's character's name? Oh, the boss. I forget his name. Yeah. He's like, in the words of the boss, I'm worried about Coop. He like yells, yells it because yeah. he's always yelling. Yeah. I thought that was cute too. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so he comes with kind of like news about uh, Wyndham and apparently Wyndham has... I don't remember if he... Oh, he's been san- sending, like, random items of clothing to different police stations yeah. around this... And it... Yeah. And it adds up to his ex-wife's... It looks like her wedding outfit. Yeah, wedding like, it's, it's, like, a pair of white shoes. It's, like, like different parts of an outfit. And, then like, the final thing was, like, a wedding dress. And then Cooper's, like, yeah. that's Caroline's... Those are Caroline's clothes. His, uh, his wife yeah. that died that Cooper was in love with. Yeah. Um, and then Albert says something like, you know, every police station in this area has been invited to the party, but I feel like he just wants to dance with you. Oh, yeah. Why? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Why is why did he do that? That seemed kind of weird to, like, send her clothes to different police stations. I don't know. That seemed kind of weird to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just a message that he wants to make sure Cooper gets. Yeah. Or, I don't know, and he made them look like bomb threats. Oh, that's right. That's what the, like, the big thing. He made it look like bomb threats. Yeah. Which is like what? How but it gets attention why. in the first place. Yeah. And then on its own, just like a pair of shoes. What? But yeah, once you connect them all. Right. And like, like connecting the dots on a map, it's like kind of going in a circle or something. Or it's like a half circle right, right. now. But, yeah. but still, it seems like kind of a weird message to be. It does. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, and then we, they talk a lot about Cooper's outfit and how oh Cooper is now decked out in Twin Peaks gear. Yeah. He's wearing like a little flannel shirt and some khakis instead of his usual FBI suit. Um, That's really and Albert cute. makes like a really yeah. <laughs> Albert makes a really sweet comment. He's like, normally I I think you're out of your mind, but I feel like in this case you're kind of pulling off. Yeah, something along like that. Yeah, it's really cute. It's really, it's I love funny. Albert. God, me too. I feel like I really didn't like him in the beginning or something. I don't know, but like, he's such an underrated character for me now, and like one of my favorites. Yeah, I agree. And I think it was once we kind of got to see like a little bit deeper into him, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like he's such a oh, oh Albert. <laughs> yeah, he's such a sweetie. Um, so on Wyndham's side, we, so we knew last episode that Leo has, you know, wandered into his cabin, um, and we see from Wyndham's perspective what's going on there. So this first scene with them is absolutely bananas. (sighs) Wyndham is playing a flute. He's in footy pajamas and Leo just, it looks like he's laying down and resting. And Wyndham says something like, you know, I've I've mended all your wounds, so now you have to obey me. He, I, he wants him to help him, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think we talked about last episode how Leo seemed like Frankenstein. Yeah. He seemed so much more like Frankenstein this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Bobby even calls him Frank and Leo at some point. Huh. 
Um, but it's just funny. Like, they're really playing into that whole imagery. Um, Leo gets scared and he tries to leave. Wyndham attacks him and he takes the shock collar off of himself and then attaches it to Leo. Which is like, why was he wearing a shock collar that he could have taken off at any time? Yeah, that's Who weird. He, he's just Who like, knows? he's so crazy. It's so extreme how crazy he is. And he's just like, looks like a mess. He's like not put together at all. And he just seems like a crazy yeah. man. It's really hard for me to ever picture him as Cooper's partner. I know. Like, I almost I feel like they went a little over the top with it, honestly. I agree. When when Leo first walked into Wyndham's cabin last episode, uh-huh. he didn't look that crazed or like I don't think he was wearing dirty footy pajamas. Like I think he was put together more. And I didn't think I thought he was gonna be like an intelligent like villain. Yeah. But now he just seems like a he's like the Joker. He's like an insane genius, I guess. But uh, not even I genius. Know. I just feel like he's just a crazy man, like well, Cooper keeps, like, reiterating how smart, yeah. he's, like, he, his mind's like a crystal. Yeah. And all well, then stuff. I guess we do see a little different side of him because later in the episode, he gets all dressed up. But he's mm-hmm. still, like, a crazy man. He's putting on this fake mustache and it's, like, falling off. And it's just, like, you know, yeah. but he's a little more dressed up. But but he's, like, dressed up in a goofy yeah. outfit almost. Yeah. I agree with you. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not one over. I thought he would be more like, like a Bond villain yeah, and less I would like like that better. Yeah. It's just it's kind of crazy when you think about it. Like we've known about Wyndham Earl for so long. Like like you mm-hmm. know he's just like randomly been like even you know from way back in season one, he's randomly been brought up a bunch of times. To the point where I remember feeling in season one, I'm like, why do they keep bringing up his, um, why do they keep bringing up Cooper's ex-partner? I'm like, he's not in Twin Peaks. He doesn't seem to be involved at all. Like, I know this has to do do with Cooper, but I didn't see the point. And, like, now I see the point because the big reveal was that this woman that was in Cooper's life was Wyndham's wife. And, like, that's kind of... I don't know, like, it's kind of been built up for so long, like, this Wyndham Earl character, right. and it's kind of a letdown. Yeah. But we haven't seen that much of him. I mean, yeah. who knows? It could get better. First impression. Hopefully. Then there's this other scene. So we get that scene, the whole, like, fight, the struggle, the electric collar. Wyndham shocks him a couple times. And then they come back to him in, later in the episode, and he's, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like he's <laughs> teaching Leo to write. <laughs> That's so weird. Um, He's having Leo be like his secretary, but Leo can't write (laughs) (laughs) properly. Yeah. I didn't know that Leo couldn't write. Is he illiterate? Do you think he was always like that? Or do you think it was just after his uh, head injury? I kind of feel like he was always like like that. (laughs) Him and James. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So he has a picture of three girls from Twin Peaks. I believe it's Shelly. Audrey and Donna. Donna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he says, pretty words for pretty girls. And he's having Leo write something. And then he takes the paper and he starts tearing it up. And Leo's all upset. Like, as if he's, as if he's the nice guy, which he's not. Mm. And I don't even know if Leo knows what he's, like, what his intentions are. Because we obviously don't. Um... And then you're right. So he gets disguised. He goes to the Great Northern and he leaves Audrey an envelope 
and we didn't get to see what he wrote in that, right? No, it or just seemed we? like scribbles, but I don't think we saw the finished product of what went in there. So weird. And then he leaves a mask for Cooper. Yeah, in his bedroom. And a, and a recorder stating that it's Cooper's move. Yeah. And then he also gets really excited about all the owl postcards that he sees. He's oh, like, yeah, he's I like, owls. Like, Ooh, owls. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. That was really funny. I really liked that moment. It was cute. <laughs> yeah, it was cute. <laughs> yeah. So that's all with Wyndham this episode. I don't know. We'll see what this like mastermind is planning. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not on board yet. Yeah. Um, So I guess the like another thing that happens is stuff with Josie. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm still not excited about all this Josie stuff. Really, I, I still like don't care. Like I, 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 like this plot line is coming along a lot more because now mm-hmm. the person like Thomas Eckhart is in town, and he comes over right. for dinner at the house and like. Catherine's involved and Josie's like serving them dinner. It's all really weird, but it doesn't feel like there's any stakes. I still don't feel stakes for it. Do you? No, and I don't really understand. Even when they try to explain the stakes in the show, I don't totally understand what they are. Like, so let's just lay it out. Basically, Eckhart, Catherine invites him to dinner. Eckhart wants Josie. Catherine hates Josie. Josie is terrified of Eckhart, and so she's staying with Catherine for protection. Catherine basically offers up Josie to Eckhart in exchange for something. But why does she even have the bargaining? Like, why is she even able to bargain Josie? Like, Josie can Josie just be like, I won't go? I don't get it. But couldn't she just be like, no, I don't, I won't go? Yeah. Josie put herself in this position, though. Right. Why wouldn't she think that this is something that Catherine would do? I just don't understand why she thought that this she would be protected. Yeah, I just by someone who hates her. I don't her. really get it. I don't really get this storyline at all. Me neither. Um, and so, with all of this, too. Last week we found out that this guy, Jonathan, died. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um. So Cooper is investigating it along with Albert. And they don't want to tell Harry until they have, like, a for sure answer. But basically what Cooper finds, he takes some thread from Josie's dry cleaning. And he finds that her coat is a match for something on Jonathan's body. That her, the slugs that were in Jonathan's body will probably match Cooper's bulletproof vest. Mm -hmm. And lastly, the locals near where Jonathan was killed are looking for a pretty young Asian woman who killed another criminal. So it's like all signs point yeah. to Josie, obviously. So we basically are they saying that they think Josie was the one that shot Cooper? Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. It's just crazy to me right now because I feel like the position she's put herself in is like so dumb. Right. Maybe we don't see what's really Maybe she has a plan. Yeah, maybe she has a plan, but as of right now, it feels like there is zero plan and she's just like this dumb woman. Just dumb, scared. Yeah, though. yeah. She's like always scared, and sad, and so it's yeah. hard to imagine she's the same person that because she was so conniving in like the first whole part of the show. She has to have a plan. No. She really does. She does. I think you're I right. Just, yeah, she does. Have I just don't even believe we're, that maybe she we're has being a plan at this point. Maybe that's the point to like not yeah. see her as any type of 
threat or anything to just just see her as yeah. this weak woman right now right i agree with you it better be that good could though. Be like it on. better be good it better be it better make some you sense <laughs> <laughs> um best for last the james drama james going to jamesville the nightly stopping your seatbelt to jamesville <laughs> We have to come up with a better name for that. I know. The, this new drama, <laughs> the James Phil. I like it. And it's starting, it's starting to grow on me. It's starting to grow on me, and then now it's, like, over. <laughs> yeah. It honestly is starting Actually, to grow yeah, on this, me. The series finale of James Phil. Yeah, I felt like a little um, mini-series within Twin Peaks, and now that was the finale it of did. it. It did. Yeah. Uh, a lot, a lot happens. happens. So we get a lot of Mrs. Marsh mourning, so many overlay shots of her morning. <laughs> With her lace legs oh my God. and her shoes and her body yes. and her. Oh, my God. <laughs> Although I would I would buy that whole morning oh God, outfit. Looked, looked it's great, yeah. pretty good. Yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. So, well, Mrs. Marsh. Evelyn, oh, what? Oh, well, well, one of the first things oh. that happened is, like, the police officer is kind of questioning her. And this was, yes. I, I like, I like this little moment and like he couldn't. Me too. He couldn't spell. Um, what couldn't he spell? Jaguar. He couldn't spell Jaguar. Because she's like the Jaguar. And he was like trying to, he, I forgot how he he's tries like to G- spell it, but it's. A- J-A-G. And he like goes off on some other letter. W or something. Like, yeah. And then he just like car. Jaguar. <laughs> the car. Yeah. I really like that moment. I thought that was funny. That was sweet. It was nice to see um, a policeman outside yeah. of Twin Peaks having trouble and like being That's silly different. too. Yeah. Um, so we find out Evelyn basically in this this new installment of the Jamesville show, she is kind of acting like she is unsure about this whole plot to frame James for the murder of her husband, and it seems like. Malcolm, her lover, I think, and maybe business partner or whatever, um, is kind of the one that drive is driving the whole thing, and she's just like a sad alcoholic. Yeah. Um, and at one point, it made me feel like, oh, maybe Malcolm was like the ab- abuser because uh-huh. there's parts where he's kind of like grabbing her and he's a little intense with her. Oh, maybe he was the one that was abusing her. This whole I didn't time. think about that. I think you could be totally right. Yeah. Huh. There's, like, a couple parts where he grabs her hair, like, yeah. in kind of really intense ways. I still don't um, know. Like, I don't see, like, I, I I guess I almost thought that she was maybe in love with him, but I, like, see none of that, like. In love with Malcolm? Yeah, like, if she was at some yeah. point, I just, like, don't see any of that. Me neither. There's, like, no yeah. chemistry. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And they don't really even... I don't know. She doesn't seem that loyal to him at all. Like, as soon as she has another option, she's just kind of like, uh, yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> I'll get into what happens. The, basically, Donna and James have this interesting bar scene where they're walking through the bar trying to figure out what to do. And James is really pushing to go back to talk to Evelyn. He's, like, positive that she is not going to turn him in, that she doesn't want him to be arrested, and that she didn't come up with this plan. Um, what did you think of this bar scene? Uh, I, I don't know. It, it felt really like a, like a stage play to me. Yeah, yeah. it did. This is like another over-directed piece, I feel Yeah, like. it, was, it was really over the top. 
in a way that yeah like, like the chauffeurs in the beginning where their cigars are like all pointing the same direction they're just shadowed yeah. or silhouetted uh-huh. yeah so, like, yeah the whole way the scene was set up and then that waiter that keeps like going really close to them and checking if they're okay when they're having this very like private conversation and that second time was kind of yeah funny, though. it was a little funny but like yeah <laughs> it got it felt me very, it got me yeah i guess just really over the top like i was very aware yeah. of that rather than what i feel like i sh- like rather than like the scene or the dialogue or I don't know. yeah i honestly think if it wasn't for this the chauffeur scene like the bar this bar scene and the in bed scene with norma and ed i think that i would like this episode even more like i just thought those two directing pieces were like way over the top and maybe like the the widow mourning her husband like the overlays of her face on everything those three things actually were like kind of too intense everything else looked yeah, good to I me agree. Mm-hmm. but anyway at one point also in this bar scene james finds a little drink umbrella and it made me think of dr jacoby i was so excited oh, i forgot about I that it's just a cute little connection yeah because he collects Back to those. his like twin peaks world hmm. the connection yeah. between the two worlds yeah um. um and so donna is trying to keep james from going back but he decides to go back he finds Evelyn. They start making. I know out, what the fuck. And I know it's so weird because he's like, "What, Evelyn?" Is, oh yeah, he's like, "Tell me why you did it." And she's like, "For the money." And then they start yeah. making out. She basically just tells him, like I said, she you admits the money. everything. And it's just like so sad mm-hmm. because Donna's there. Like, they're basically like before this, they're kind of like hiding or waiting it out at this bar, which like isn't a smart place to be doing yeah. it. Like that's probably the uh, first place that I feel like the people would look. Place. Um, yeah. and, she, and it is they, the complex yeah thing, like, exactly and yeah. she calls Ed and is telling him that um, she thinks James is in trouble like she's just there to help him and she's like she yeah. like he doesn't realize it he doesn't care and uh, yeah I don't know it's really sad no, I agree it is really sad it's crazy yeah and I, I, he's like he's like I know Evelyn will believe me and at one point Donna's like why why do you think she's gonna believe you and you can tell like she's kind of figuring it out like they obviously had a little thing while he was here but it's just sad um but anyway so he's making out with evelyn and then malcolm comes in he beats him over the head he hits james unconscious and there's this crazy scene where like for 15 minutes they're talking about how they're just gonna shoot james yeah they're talking about their plan and what they're gonna make it look like yeah um and he's he's basically feeding evelyn all these lines like you know he came in he was dangerous he killed your husband and he knew he was going to kill you so he shot him till he was dead um and then donna comes in and is like begging evelyn not to do it and evelyn you can tell is conflicted and then malcolm starts getting like a little bit violent and so she shoots malcolm and kills him yeah that was kind of crazy and she's like and then she repeats it. She's like, he came in, he killed my husband, he was violent, and I knew he was going to hurt me, so I shot him until I killed him. And so you can tell, like, she's going to basically say that Malcolm yeah. was the one that killed Which her fits. husband and everything. Yeah, um, yeah, it does. It's it was true. weird. The, it, like, was slow motion or, like, was missing frames, that whole scene. That was really yes. weird. I, didn't I know. Like that. I didn't, I couldn't tell if that was, like, you're right. I couldn't tell if it was, like, missing frames frames if it was like an actual issue or if it was purposeful <laughs> oh that's really sad when like, like 
a director or someone tries to do some kind of effect and like you don't know if it was a mistake or not that's so sad <laughs> yeah <laughs> It was kind of yeah that's weird. true so you think it was an effect i honestly wasn't no sure i honest i 100 percent think it was an effect but i don't think oh, it was effective <laughs> it was weird the <laughs> and the part where donna like she you see donna from outside and you see that she's seeing it yeah. and i was like oh she has this advantage they don't know she's there she can like you know whatever make whatever <laughs> she wants of the situation and save james yeah. again but no, she just like yeah. runs in she like this stupid in. crying girl into the middle of the attacker with yeah. the gun and like runs to James' body. I was like, it's just funny. We were talking about like women's roles in the show last week and like, right. just, like all the women and especially that moment. They're just so useless and helpless and stupid. And I know. I hated that. I hated yes. that when she ran in like that. I- I did too. And she's like, just don't do it. And she's just like crying. <laughs> I know. I agree. She like runs into a room with two people that she knows are like try to set up her boyfriend as a murderer. And they, they have, have a gun. gun and her boyfriend's unconscious. And it's Malcolm like so just many threatened her in the to. bar. Remember? He was like grabbing yeah. her. Yeah. He was like almost like he grabbed so her breasts gross. and stuff. Like totally taking advantage yeah. of her. And she just runs in the room with like no really plan. She's like, oh my God. And yeah, I just that it actually really oh upset me. I did not like that. That that's what they did with, with that scene and their our characters. What are you doing? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I agree. I agree. She's better. She's better than that. <laughs> when we talk about the pieces of this episode, I don't like it, and then I, I don't know. I guess I'm just happy to be out of the episode 14 i think it was just like such an improvement from episode 14 because i hated that episode so much that you know everything looks good in that light yeah um so i think that's everything for the episode do you want any is there anything else you want to talk about i I think that's everything yeah cool I went on the message Mm -hmm. boards and i found a couple things so there are two things oh one thing is, I don't know if we talked about this, but last episode, I was kind of wondering why Shelly didn't just run through the, like, construction wall when she was trying to get away from Leo, uh-huh. you know? Because I was like, what the hell is she doing? She keeps looking for doors that are locked when she could just, like, run through the plastic. Yeah. Um, Which is what he did. But I was on the message later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what he ended up doing. But I was like, God, that's so silly that she was, like, just yeah. running around the house. Um. I looked on the message boards and this guy, Jim, said, he's like, actually, the stuff they use in construction work, in construction work is quite thick. And since it probably is stapled to two by fours, 18 inches apart, if you took a run at it, you'd probably bounce back across <laughs> the room. Um, he's like, I don't recall, but I think Leo barged through an already slashed yeah, section. Yeah, he did. And I was like, oh, okay, that's good explanation to me. I feel like that made me feel uh, better because I was kind of like, at the time, I was like, God, Shelly's either dumb or I didn't or think of that in the moment. Yeah, it bothered me at the oh. time, but it was just nice to, like, it gave me peace of mind. I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then we got a little feedback on Diane Keaton. So um, it there was no name on this post, um, so I'm sorry I didn't credit you 25 years later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but someone said, I felt that the Ed and Norma scene that Diane Keaton did the best. The panning was useful in showing the isolation of each character. Visually, it was an interesting twist. That said, however, I believe Diane was guilty of, look, Ma, I can direct. So uh, that was, like, a really fun way of saying she overdid funny. it. And then they were like, 
In all fairness, inventive directing on TV tends to stick out like a sore thumb because most TV directing is aggressively bland and unimaginative. Mm. Stuff you can do with impunity in film causes raised eyebrows on the tube. The scene with the chauffeurs in the bar is a better example of Diane's gratuitousness. Mm. Um, What do you think of that? Uh, Of the point that she was making between TV and film? I don't know. I, I hadn't really thought about it that way. I feel like it's, like, it's interesting because now, like, especially in the past, like, three, four Mm -hmm. years, it's been, like, TV is a way to show off how good of a director you are. Like, Breaking Bad and Mad Men and everything, there's so many amazing directors lately on TV. I feel like television shows have gotten so much closer to, like, feeling like films lately in the past few years, though. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like she's not wrong to say... You know, in 1990, most TV shows were pretty oh. bland. Like, the way you film things were pretty bland in the lighting That's and true, everything. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I just thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have some listener emails, yeah. right? Um, so, one of our listeners, Christian, he asked us, um, now that some time has passed, how do you feel about Laura Palmer? Um, and then he kind of broke it down a little bit more with asking, like, can, can you imagine loving her? Um, and is, could Laura ever be your heroine? I think I could, like, I feel like I, I feel like I, I really like her and I do feel connected to her in the same way I do with Audrey or Shelly. I feel like they're all like girls that are young trying to figure it out uh-huh. and I don't blame her for being confused by that or like I don't know I feel like she the wrong path that she took was like totally understandable in her situation right like so what she did some drugs and she had sex it's like no one's perfect yeah I don't know <laughs> she had a tough childhood I felt like this question came at an interesting time because they almost kind of forgot about Laura. We're so far from they, her yeah, now. Yeah, they really did. I know. It really is. Um, and, like, when I first was reading this, because he also says, like, you know, given what you guys have know, given what you guys know so far, because we haven't read, like, things that we're going to do after we finish the season is we're going to read, like, her secret, her diary, basically, and we're going to watch right. the, the film Fire Walk With Me. So there's still more for us to know and, like, get to know her on a deeper level, which, as of right now, we oh. only know her from the viewpoints of other people. Like, we don't know her. It kind of feels mm-hmm. like... So my first impression was um, with this question that I was like, oh, I don't really feel like I could really love her. I feel like she... Or, like, I don't know, really feel like she was my heroine because... I don't know. It just seemed like a lot of people didn't actually know her. So then I wouldn't actually know her. And then it wouldn't be like a real friendship or a relationship. And I thought I was like really judging her. And then I realized, but I don't know her at all. I only know her through the accounts of other people. And once we do read her diary and once we do watch that film, we'll know her on a completely different level. And I feel like what you were saying about like, some of the characters like Audrey and Shelley and like all the things they're going through and all the different levels that she will be like that in the end to us. Definitely. I mean, I think there's definitely more to get to know there, but I guess I, I don't know her, but I feel like I do know 
a version of her in yeah. like real life. Like she just seems like the troubled teenage girl that had a hard home life and so she acted out in a lot of different ways and like it, it makes sense like the whole storyline there makes sense to me it seems really easy to kind of like sum her up which isn't totally fair because uh, like i you said we're not i don't have any first-hand yeah. knowledge but it's weird yeah. it kind of feels like i feel like i know her like i feel like she's actually like a girl that i've known about like for years mm-hmm. like like almost like maybe like in high school like the popular girl and like you hear all these things about her and you like feel like you kind of know her you make all these assumptions about her like that's where I feel like I'm at and it feels really real but we don't actually know her yeah yet that's interesting that's true yeah I can't wait I though that'll be really I, interesting I completely forgot about that I'm excited for that <laughs> yeah that'll be really interesting yeah. yay I'm excited get into her mind um, one other question that we had um, from John, he asked us what we think about Wyndham Earl. Um, yeah, like what like expectations we, we had for him because we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Like he's been built up for so long. So like if we have any expectations about him and how his character is to us. Yeah, yeah. I think we answered this a little bit in our um discussion today because we kind of talked about how we felt what we expected Mm -hmm. him to be like and what he's actually like so far um but my first impression last episode was so much stronger than yeah agreed yeah so right now i'm a little disappointed i'm like yeah let down i wanted to do something read this question (laughs) before watching this episode i would have been much like i'd be in such a different place yeah he just seemed really, like, I feel like he really was, like, the Joker in this episode. Like, he's just kind of a crazy person that just wants chaos. But that doesn't seem like someone who could have ever been a special agent, especially yeah. not partnered with mm-hmm. Cooper. You're right. Like, the those two lives don't really match together. No. I was kind of disappointed. I wonder yeah. who's, I wonder whose decision it was to make him like this, you know? That sounds, I mean, I, I feel like... Partly that must have been a directing decision, right? It must be a little bit a directing decision to have him be so over the top like this. And so it kind of makes me mad that, like, this new director was, like, given this big responsibility. Totally. Totally. I know. Yeah, because it's the first time we really see this character that we've known about for so long. That we've made our own. Yeah assumptions about and our own expectations about like who we, I mean we yeah. knew he went off the deep end and maybe, but maybe that actually explains the scene between him and Leo too where he's making Leo right and Leo seems like sad and scared for the girls that they're talking about rather than like angry which is more of a Leo expression like Leo's not sad or yeah. scared ever it just seemed really odd to me that he was like no 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 and like uh-huh. really upset I don't know. That seems like a weird direction. What do you think that was like for Leo to see Shelly as potentially one of those girls? I don't think he cares about Shelly at all. He was like, goodbye, wife, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like he doesn't Mm. care. I wonder how Wyndham knew to choose Audrey as his I know. I wonder why he's choosing her or what's going to happen with that. Yeah, totally. Mm. I'm interested um the last little bit 
is we have a little bit of news. Twin Peaks so, news. Yeah, <laughs> nothing huge. Um, well, actually, one thing. David Lynch is publishing a oh. memoir um, called Life and Work, and it's coming out in 2017, the same year that mm-hmm. the new show is coming out, which is exciting. Yeah, that'll That's have cool. like some probably really good um, insights into the show from his point of view. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, that would be More really things cool. to read. <laughs> I know. Um, and then Madkin Amik, the um, girl who plays Shelly. I don't know how to say her name correctly. Um, she is, she posted on her Twitter, um, I'll see you in the trees. So she kind of teased <gasps> that she was going to be on Why the show. Why would she? I know, but it was just exciting. Well, because there, there's a lot of secrecy on who is who's going to be on the show and who isn't. And, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just exciting that someone was like yeah. teasing it. Yeah, Yay. Shelly. Yay, Shelly. I can't wait. I can't wait. I love her I so wonder, much. Oh, my God. Now I'm scared because. Oh, wait. There's that. that yeah. No, I was just thinking that. Because, like, obviously everybody <laughs> else knows. If, like, if, hey, if somebody has died. Oh, Everybody no. else knows, and they know that that person's not coming back, but we don't know yet. Oh, no. I hope no one important dies. I'm afraid if I don't want Audrey out. to die. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, oh someone's going to die, right? There's going to be one more murder. I just, that's what I feel. Uh, there's going to be more than one more murder. How I mean, many there's more been a lot of murders. murders do you think there's going to be? How many more, though? Okay, I, I think there's only going to be, <laughs> oh, yeah, and with every move... <gasps> with every move Wyndham kills someone oh my god is Audrey oh, yeah. gonna be his next victim is he setting up his next move and it's gonna be her no she's his queen she's his queen but what if what if he said what if what if <gasps> what if Cooper, what if Cooper has to take it? out the queen to get to get the king wait we didn't talk oh, about yeah, Pete, Pete. <laughs> yeah no but in, you know how to play chess okay so yes yeah. What if he has to take out? Yeah, Audrey he has to, to take out to the, the queen king. to get to the king. That sounds like it. And then it's like Cooper that kills. That Audrey. sounds like the whole. I mean, why else would Wyndham want to choose a queen that? Does Cooper he know knows, that? Right? That's why he's like knows Audrey. Does he know their connection? I don't know. That's why I said like, how would he? How did? I mean, he must. Yeah. Is that just he, luck? He is that just stuff. random? He's like, oh, I'm he just choosing stuff. one girl. But. No, he's a genius. It's so he's got a fitting that mind. he would choose Audrey, who's closest to Cooper's heart. Um, yeah. And yeah, it would make it seem, at least Wyndham would make Cooper feel like he killed Audrey by doing that chess move. He'd be like, it's your fault, you know? Yeah. Oh my God, is that what's going to happen? I hate that. I think so. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pete's gonna oh kill gosh. Audrey. Oh yeah, Pete. This is like the first time I feel like we've seen Pete. Um, I don't know. He's like all like he's like an expert on something. Look at him. I was so excited. I, I loved it. It made me so happy. It made me so happy when they like show the like big fat guy that looks like a chess player, <laughs> and then he's like checkmate, and then they show the next guy and he's like checkmate, and then and then you're like, oh, that was who a is good it? Reveal. Who's doing it? And then they turn around the camera and it was because at first I, I thought it, it was that so. fat guy that we always see in the diner, just like eating food, and I'm like, oh, they're making giving him a yes. bigger role now, but nope. Me too. I like that reveal. I was so pee. happy. Yeah. Uh, and Harry <sighs> looks so proud of him. <laughs> it's cute. Um, sweetie Petey. So Pete's going to kill Audrey, I guess. Man, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think that is, I think that's what's, like, 
what's being set up i don't know if that's what's mm-hmm. going to end up happening but i think that that is going like that mexican standoff yeah. is going to happen oh, we'll see we'll see yikes all right guys thank you for listening um subscribe to us on itunes and leave us a review that's how other people find us and we really need you to leave us a review asap just do today. it and then <laughs> just do it right now it only take like while you're listening to this outro yeah. you could probably do it it's like a soundtrack um, for you to leave I'd, us a review do it do it do it <laughs> uh, and follow us on twitter at log ladies pod and send us an email at log ladies podcast at gmail.com do you have a prompt, Alicia? No. The writing prompt? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye. Okay, goodbye. Get out of here. Hurry, hurry. Let's get out of here. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs>